0: Good morning, family. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is the beginning of the Christian calendar, so today is the first day of the church year. Now, Advent is a season of preparing to receive Jesus when He comes. Of course, we're moving toward Christmas, which is the celebration of His first coming, as a babe in Bethlehem. But Advent is also a reminder to us that we are Advent people all year long, we await the second coming of Jesus. He promised us that he would come back and we believe him. So we wait and we watch, we hope and dream, we look and long for the day that he appears to us. Right. So while it's not Christmas yet, it is the season of Advent. This morning let's turn our attention to the book of Matthew where we will hear Jesus talk about his return. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44 Hear the word of the Lord. No one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, The people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken. The other left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. If there's one thing I've learned in all my years, it's that there are two different kinds of shopping. For instance, when I go to the store, I go in, I get what I'm looking for, and then I get out. Are you with me? On the other hand, someone I know and love with all my heart takes an entirely different approach to shopping. When she goes to the store, it's an adventure. She discovers things that aren't on her list. Sales and bargains and values galore. Now, I've also learned that there are two ways to live. You can live with a goal in mind, or you can wander around to see what you can find. You can live with purpose, with a goal in mind, or You can wing it. Most of us, I think, live the second way. We live without a clear goal. We move from one experience to the next, from one job to the next, from one house to the next. Year after year and Christmas after Christmas, we wander aimlessly through life's mall. That's the impression we get from Jesus' words in Matthew today. People go through life. They Perform normal activities, just like in the days of Noah, when a great flood descended, nobody expected it. Nobody was prepared. That is how it will be, Jesus says, when the Christ appears like a thief in the night. People will be unprepared. They'll be lost in the great maul of life, unaware and unprepared. Today, the first Sunday of Advent, always prompts us to consider the end to think about the goal. This is a bit inconvenient for those who only think of Advent as the lead-up to Christmas. What does all this talk about Jesus' return and end-of-the-world warnings have to do with Christmas? Can't we just sing Christmas carols, bake some cookies, and decorate the tree? But the first and second comings of Jesus need to be considered and need to be talked about together. In fact, the first coming of Jesus demands a second. If Christmas is about God becoming a helpless child and all the hopes and fears of all the years coming together in Bethlehem, then he must return. The promise of the first advent demands a second. Over the years, I've had the profound privilege of standing at the bedsides of people as they breathed their last breath and passed from this life to the next. Those are precious, holy moments when we gather to commend our loved one, body and soul, into the hands of the Lord, in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Have you heard those words before? There would be no need for Jesus to return if Christianity were only about dying and going to heaven but it's not. It's about resurrection. And it has to do with the new heaven and new earth that God promised us. It's about cosmic salvation and redemption. All of that to say, our salvation is not complete. Clearly, God is not done. Nations have not turned their swords into plowshares. They have not made pruning hooks out of their spears yet. And without the hope of peace, when Jesus returns, our Christmas candles would flicker and die next to the atrocities in places like Yemen and Ukraine, as well as the threats from global warming, nationalism, and war. So here we are in Advent, and we bring with us that strange longing for something we can't see or even imagine, our need for something we cannot do for ourselves. In today's words from Matthew 24, Jesus tells us how to live with the end goal in mind. It seems to me that he emphasizes two attitudes that we need today. First, we must be steady. And second, we must be ready. First, Jesus calls us to be steady. There's a built-in tension in this chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus was talking about the signs of the end. Nation will rise up against nation, he said. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Sometimes we call these the signs of the times. On the other hand, we can find instances of Jesus explicitly saying, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the sun himself. Which leaves us with only this. It could happen today. It could happen in a thousand years. When Jesus will return in glory, whatever that means, at the end of this age, whatever that looks like, is completely unpredictable. The point is, don't get carried away trying to predict when it will happen. And don't be consumed with worry about it. Just be steady. Be constant as you wait for the fulfillment of Jesus' promise. But Jesus also warns us to be ready. Again, consider Jesus' example from the time of Noah. It's interesting how Jesus emphasizes the normalcy of everything that was going on. Whining and dining, marrying and being married. None of it is bad. Everything is fine and normal until the great flood. In a similar way, We can participate in normal everyday activities without obsessing over the last day. We don't have to stop everything and gaze up at the sky, but we can pursue the good life to the point of neglecting eternal life. That's the epitome of being short sighted, isn't it? Jesus calls us to live a life that means something. To be ready people means that we need to live our lives in the light of Christ's reappearing. We need to keep his coming, his advent, in mind. The question isn't just what will we be doing when he returns, but rather, how will our lives be dedicated? How are we investing our lives? Because God loves his creation, he sent his Son to this world. The goal of Jesus' death and resurrection was not to destroy. But to renew God's creation. And we covered that last week. And now he invites us to join him in restoring and renewing his creation. Someone once asked the great reformer, Martin Luther, what he would like to be doing when the Lord returns. Martin Luther answered, I'd like to be planting peach trees. What a wonderful answer, don't you think? Being ready does not imply constantly scanning the sky or trying to decipher the mysteries of the book of Revelation. Being ready means living for Jesus in faithfulness and in love every day. It's about instilling faith in ourselves and our children. It's loving and assisting a neighbor in need. Being ready entails spreading the good news of God's love. It's using your skills and talents for God and for His kingdom not for yourself and your own enrichment. Jesus calls us to be steady and to be ready in the light of his glorious coming. Now, having said all this, let me admit something. One of the most difficult aspects of the Christian faith for me is the promise of Jesus' return in glory. I know my faith is meaningless without it, but it's still difficult for me. But I think I found the solution. Everything else, I believe, is in the past tense. Everything happened a long time ago. But today we're discussing the future. I'm pinning my faith, my life, on something that hasn't happened yet and whose shape is a profound mystery. The past tense is simple. It's difficult to have faith in the future. Some days more than others, this old world appears to be crumbling, doesn't it? And God can seem distant, while Jesus' victory is kept hidden away. We used to sing an old hymn entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to sing. But the last verse contains these words. Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. That's Advent, right? Even so, it is well with my soul. When my faith shall be sight. I'm not sure what it'll look like. I'm not sure how it'll all come together. We can't see it right now, so we take it on faith, right? So here's what we believe. Jesus is king here and now. Again, that's what we covered last week. God owns the world. God's new creation is on the way. And when it arrives, it will be breathtakingly beautiful. What was hidden away will be revealed. We will see the full shining glory that has only occasionally poked through the veil of our daily lives. We will see our lives for what they truly are in that light of glory. How shallow, how profoundly meaningful how short-sighted and stunted, or how eternally significant our life in the world was. It will be revealed on the day of the Lord, right? Life isn't just wandering through them all. There is an end. There is a goal. The end is the great unveiling, the creation transfigured, shalom or peace restored, heaven coming down to earth, Isaiah sang of it in his yearning prophecy, In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and the nations shall stream to it. Tears will be wiped away, and the joyful shout of a renewed creation will erupt to the glory of God. Isaiah said, O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. Jesus said, You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. And the Church, the Advent people of God, say, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, your light shines through the darkness, and hope comes to those who patiently wait for their salvation to be revealed. For your promises will be fulfilled, both in this world and in the next. But your word, O Lord, endures forever. Help us to see your light. Help us to sense your presence. Help us to be people of hope and to share your love. Father, we pray today for those who are sick. We pray for everyone in pain. We pray for those who are tired, for folks who are uncertain and for those who need direction. We continue to pray for peace today. Lands and lives are being scarred by war. Communities are being terrorized by violence. Neighborhoods are being torn apart by drugs, and relationships are being destroyed by politics. We pray for those who are afraid. We pray for peace for anyone and everyone who feels stress, pressure, and uncertainty today. We ask for justice. Fill us with your spirit to work for peace, to bring justice, and to show grace and mercy. You made us out of love, and you created us to love. So help us to love others. Others who don't look like us or live like us. Others who don't vote like us or believe like us. Others who don't speak like us or share our agendas or values. Help us to love no matter what? And now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today. I really do hope these words were helpful to you. If they were, will you like, review, and share this message? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and to benefit from these thoughts and from these prayers. By the way, if you have a prayer request or a need, please leave a message in the comments section and be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. This week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love, and everyone needs to know that God loves them, no matter what. Right? Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope now receive these words of benediction today may the lord bless you and protect you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you may the lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace amen amen